Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are continuing our manhood series, part seven, Godly Fathers Continued. Welcome back. Hey, what's up? What's up, Brian? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, what's going on with you? Nothing. Gearing up. We got uh, BBS in two weeks, so I'm yeah. gearing up for that. Or really, less than two weeks. Uh, and then next week, going to the Baptist Convention. Yeah. So really busy. But uh, man, I'm so excited. A lot of good ministry stuff happening. And so what yep. about you? I'm doing good. I'm thinking about VBS as well. And like you said, convention. Uh, actually, when this episode comes out. Did you open your book yet? You huh? Did you open the VBS book? I have. Oh, wow. I have. Oh, man. Uh, and I've looked at your emails that you sent. <laughs> That's a record. I've read so, your emails recently, oh, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, because camp's coming up and just yep. tons and tons of things. Yep. Um, good stuff. But, uh, well, good. Well, hey, last week you asked me about some misconceptions about fathers, uh, fatherhood before you were a father. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Are there any misconceptions that you had about being a dad? Yeah. Um, I, I really think that growing up, you, you know, you just kind of get this idea. Maybe it's only me, but I think a lot of people think this way too. Like your dad just knows everything, you know? It's like dad is supposed to just know everything. And it's funny as I've uh, grown up, I mean, your dad your dad does know, you know, way more than you do, obviously. And that'll probably never change. But, um, you know, as you become <clears throat> become a father, become an adult, you realize that, um, you, you really don't know what you're doing. You know, you, you really have to walk in faith. Um, and you do need wisdom from the Lord, but, but you're always, and I guess that's the point really, like you're always having to lean on your heavenly father because he's the only one who really does know everything. And, uh, and that was kind of a sobering, uh, realization when I realized like, oh, my dad is, uh, another, just another human being, you know, and he does not know everything, mm. Um, and that they're, they also have a sin nature and yeah. they're, they're struggling in different things. Yeah. You know, it, it, as you become a parent, it realizes like, okay, I shouldn't be so hard on my parents Yes, because they're not perfect. That's exactly the thought is like, oh man, I need to give my, my mom and dad a lot more grace. Um, because I know that I'm going to want that too. Cause right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a scary business, you know, being a dad. Yeah, that's um, good. So, but we're going to talk about some of these things, these uh, scary things that we are responsible for. Yeah. And so what, what are some of these yeah, things we're going to talk, talk about, about what it means for, uh, you know, what leading our children looks like and how we need to do that as, as fathers. So what else? Yeah. We're going to talk about the specifics between, you know, being a father to a girl versus being a father to a guy. Cause they are uh, different. different. <laughs> and so you yes. have to father them differently. Yeah. And then um, what do you do if your kids go astray? Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a big topic, and so hopefully we can, um, you know, raise our children in the Lord, and this won't happen, but inevitably they make their own decisions, right. they they have their own sin nature, you know, all these things, and so uh, what happens in that case? Yeah. So we'll dive into that. So let's jump into this uh, first big thing, leading our children. You know, I really think that to be a dad, it means that you are to lead. You know, being a dad isn't just something that you you have done one time and now all of a sudden you have children. It's 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 really a, a responsibility 
for a lifetime. Would you agree with that? Yes. So I I would, uh, there's, you know, we always tend to extremes where you have dads that will just, you know, bring home a paycheck or they're the, the, the guys that are always just doing the fun stuff, you know, or you get dads that are real authoritarian and they're Mm. barking the orders and things like that. But all of those, none of those things really hit at what we're talking about. We need dads that are engaged and that are willing to lead their family in a, in a Christ-like way. Yeah, I think that's huge. Like the that word engaged is is key here. You've got to be intentional, you know, doing this on purpose. You are really interacting with your children. And so I think we've got a, a, a few points here, some yeah, things. Some that, of this uh, comes from the a Guide to Biblical Manhood yes, yeah. by Dumas and Stinson. And this is actually a free resource you can get on uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's website. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage men to look at this and yeah. get this free resource because um, it's a it's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's really short. good. It's really and short. It's short, <laughs> and, and it just makes sense to guys, I think. Yeah. And so there's 10 uh, things that we have here listed. Um, Brian, what's the first one that we need to think yeah, about? Yeah, let's talk about vision. That's the first mm-hmm. one, not not from Marvel. Yes, not, not the from the vision. MCU. <laughs> but you know, we have to ask ourselves, uh, what is our vision? Yeah. Do we do we want a family that honors the Lord, and then we need to lay that out and cast that vision to our family, yeah. right? I, so yeah. so we have to ask ourselves some questions. What what priority should our family have? What what do you want the family to look like? What kind of home environment do you want? Yeah, I think it's really crazy that I I don't think that it's natural to th- to think that way and ask those questions. You know, it, it's funny we we apply vision to every other area of our life, like my my vision for my career, my vision for my projects, my vision for my you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's funny we don't apply vision to our families. Well, right? each family sort of has this, whether it's whether it's intentional mm, on or purpose unintentional. Or not. Yeah. A family does this, and a lot of parents set the vision of their family based on their personal experience, yeah. how they were raised. They either want to emulate that or not. And so unintentionally, they set it's going to happen no matter what. Tone. Yeah, we're talking about intentionally setting it with a biblical focus. Yeah, and saying I want a family that honors the Lord. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well, I I need to honor the Lord in my life. Then I need to put in programs and practices and things that will help my family to achieve that vision. Yeah, I think that's good. What's great about these next like nine points is these these points really kind of build on each other and help drive the vision. So once you have your vision, I think it's really important you talk to your wife about that. You guys have to be a team, you know, and you can't just you know, push your vision onto other people. It's got to be a, a co-vision, you know, you got it, but you're leading, you're taking the lead. You guys talk about this, but then there are some steps to take to make it actually happen. Yeah. The second thing is, is direction. So what does that mean for us, Brian? Yeah. Direction is really just fleshing out the vision. It's, it's a lot of thinking about your roles as a father and husband and, and all the other, all the particular ways that you live out your life with your family and, uh, and taking action steps to make sure the vision is being carried out. Yeah. You know, you can say something like you can have a vision and you can put it out there and put it on a piece of paper. You can put it on a t-shirt. You can, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like in the church, right? We'll slap a vision statement on a shirt or on the wall or whatever. It really doesn't mean anything if there aren't any steps 
to make it reality. Yeah. Cause, cause if you're not actually moving that way, then it's just, you know, it's all word. And that's the thing, you know, people don't care what you say. They care what you do. And that's true about parenting as well. Right. Yeah. So you gotta ask of what steps, what practical steps do I need to take? Um, are there things that, that need to change? Are there conversations that need to be, that need to be had? You know, that that's really the thing. It's, it's sort of outlining those things and thinking, Okay, if if I want a family that honors the Lord, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, one yeah. example when we've said this before, it's like I'm going to prioritize church mm-hmm. in my family, or I'm yes. going to prioritize the Word of God in family devotionals or in individual personal devotions. You know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think some other things you can think about. I mean, some of these things are simple stuff, like like just hanging out with your your son and taking him out doing you know, stuff that, that you want them to know how to do. You want your kid to know how to fish, take them fishing. Yeah. You want them to like racing, take them to a race. You want them to do these things, do that. You want to, you want a daughter who, well, and that, and that who, requires time. So we yes. have to put the practical step of not being a workaholic yes. in there. There you, you know? go. Yes. So. so that's one, that's the first thing, but you want a daughter who, um, you know, loves godly men, you know, we'll talk about this more, but hang out with her, take her on daddy daughter dates, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's not that hard. We just got to engage in it. Yeah, yeah. So a third thing that we need to do is, uh, is instruct. Uh, so what does that mean? Yeah. So we talked, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week where we brought up, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six, and we talked about the, the imperative that is on fathers to train and instruct their mm, children. Yeah. And so it's, it's really about being proactive. Yes, talking about life in terms of biblical, um, you know, biblical relevance. You know, it could be as simple as, um, you know, hey, you point, you know, you, you're out and about and you see a rainbow. Yeah, you point out the fact that rainbows are found in the Bible. Yep, and it symbolizes the Noahic covenant that God made with Noah on that day. You know, this this here's the thing, guys. I know if you're listening to this, you're like, "Oh, that's silly." Well, okay, you can think that way, but but that's the thing. Like this, it's really not hard. It's just something we got to do, and we got to be willing to do. I think you said something. You said uh, talk to them about, and I think that is the key. Talk to mm-hmm. them about and you know sometimes we as dads want to just do things and that's important you know but one of the things we have to do is talk to them about things and ask them questions right. about their life and right. what they are thinking what they value yeah and engage them when they ask you questions yeah really you know I've always tried to answer my kids questions uh, honestly even when they were young I would give them you know answers that were truthful and and real even if they couldn't really understand everything I was saying with them, I wanted them to know that they could always come to me and I would mm. at least at least try to help them. And if I don't know the answer, I'm honest about that and yeah. say, well, let's go figure out yeah. what the answer is. Let's discover what that is. You know, one of the things that's funny, my kids are not quite to the place where they ask the question, why? Mm. They, it's funny, even when I ask them why something, they don't fully get it yet. And I know, I know you parents out there who have older kids are like, you just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, I know. But I am kind of excited for when they start asking me why, daddy, because I want to be able to tell them right. and, and instruct them on things from, that's right. from God's perspective. Yeah, don't just, um, you know, let, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, the school's going to educate them or yeah. the church is going to educate with them. Well, ultimately, remember, you're the primary disciple. So the instruction comes from you and it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal instruction all the time. It's just as you go through yeah, life. Yeah. 
So it's really what's simple. the fourth thing here? It's Im- uh, I've got imitation yes. down. What does that mean? Yeah, that's great because we can talk about things as we instruct, but it's it's we need to basically tell our kids, hey, watch me as I do this. You know, we can tell them something, but imitation is all about living it out so that they can see a real model. And um, and that's one of the things this I think is really hard, you know, yeah. saying yeah, do, one thing, doing another. <laughs> do, yeah. Do as I say not as I do is not a biblical concept. Yeah. You know, we are, we are called to imitate Christ and then we call our children to imitate us as we imitate Christ. And so they will learn, you know, much of our faith is how they say it's caught, not taught. Yeah. And so they will see us. And if, if what you say, what you say with your mouth mm-hmm. and in front of people at church or whatever, but if it's not lived out at behind home. closed doors and yeah. in, in home, you will create they will see the hypocrite in your life and, and th- you will not create godly children. Yeah, that, that is 100% true. And, you know, you and I, we see that in student ministry. Um, we've seen that so many times, you know, and I've seen, I've heard kids tell me like, hey, the reason why I'm not a Christian is because my friends come to church and act one way and then they go to school and act another way. Well, you know, uh, moms and dads are not immune to that. Right. And so the key is not just be a perfect mom or dad. It's it's to be a real Christian and to fess up when you sin. Yeah, it's striving for holiness, but then also being honest about your failings. Yes. And I think parents really... They want to. They want to exude this air of perfection. Yeah. That I'm perfect. I never mess up. But ultimately, parents have to say, you know, hey, I messed up. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. This is what it looks like to repent. Yes. And to make it right. So, because you want them to imitate that too. Right. Exactly. You want them. You don't want them to hide their mistakes all the time either. So yeah. that's really important. Um, the fifth one, uh, inspiration, mm. inspiring your kids. What, what is that all about, Brian? Yeah, this says, uh, isn't it, it, it asked the question, isn't this great? You know, we talk about the, uh, in, in the book, uh, biblical manhood, it talks about the, we're responsible for the, the morale of mm, the family. Yes. You know? And so if you are always walking around like mm. Eeyore, Oh, woe is yep. me. You know, you're not really inspiring your kids to enjoy life and to to live, you know, the mm. abundant life that the Bible talks about. Yeah. You know, and so this is really important. Once again, we said last time that we are the thermostat. We That's set good. the yeah. spiritual temperature of our home. So if we're angry all the time, or mm. if we're sad all the time, or if we're mad all the time, or if we're, you know, if we're not living out uh, the fruit of the spirit then we need to really do a self-evaluation on yeah. our on our heart and our life. We need to be almost like like dads need to kind of be the the energizer bunny. And, yeah. and I understand like we get tired, we get sad, you know, all of these things happen. But we need to come, we need to reorient ourselves and say, all right, guys, let, let's just have a fervor for life. Right. And for for all that God has created us to do. Yeah, we can't take all that sitting down because we're we're men. We're called to to take action and to to live for the Lord. And that means I mean we need his help. I would say I think that this is a big deal. Um, now that we're talking about it, Brian, and as I'm thinking, you know, it, it's it can be really hard in this world to be an inspiration to others mm-hmm. because a lot of times we get just down and depressed. I think depression's huge. I would really encourage people if you are struggling with just this anger, anxiety, depression, frustration, whatever that feeling is, if that's kind of just a cloud for you, there's a great book by Martin Lloyd-Jones called Spiritual Depression. Mm-hmm. You should read that book, uh, Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd-Jones. I think that would really help uh, us dads kind of take responsibility for this, like you said, this uh, um, 
Energizer Bunny type uh, relationship we should have with our kids. Um, we we don't have to expect everybody else to to make us happy. God makes us happy, That's right. Joy and then comes we can the spread that to mm-hmm. to our children. That's right. Yeah. So, well, what's number six? Yeah, number six is affirmation. Um, this says to your kids, "Hey, you're doing great." You know, we as dad, our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so true, man. Our kids love hearing son, daughter, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Like that is huge. And so, you know, we're not saying you lie to your kids and say, Hey, you're great when they're not, you know? Um, but you find the things that are great. You find the things about them that they are doing well and you encourage that. And sometimes you have to encourage things, especially when they're trying, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always, it's not perform. We're not talking about affirming simply by performance. Mm-hmm. We're talking about affirming the right attitudes you see in your children. Yeah, I really think that we need to encourage more than we correct. Or mm. even we need to encourage more than we even joke around. You know, I yeah. know that like like you and me, we bust on each mm-hmm. other a lot. And, you know, that's you know, that's one thing. Guys do that sometimes, but if you're just joking around with your kids all the time and you're, you know, even if it, even if you're putting them down, but like in a jokey way, right? like you may not mean that, but they can take that to heart and it's okay to like joke around and be like, uh, uh, have a nice trip. See you next fall. You know, right. stuff, j- yes. stuff like that. But like, if you're all the time being like, why are you always spilling stuff? You just spill stuff all the time. You know, right. you, you're making them very self-conscious about themselves and it's not encouraging to them. And you're creating confusion, right? I mean, you're confusing your kid. Like, d- am I like, am I loved? Is something wrong with me? Yeah. Or, yeah am I loved by based on what I do, or am right. I loved because I'm because just because my mom and dad love me? You right. know. And and so we have to be careful not to confuse yeah. our kids. So the most precious words to a child are "I love you," mm. uh, "I'm proud of you." You know, those types of things. Uh, we need to we need to find ways to encourage them. Uh, praise their their gifts and their interests. Here's the thing, it may be way different than yours. Yeah, it may be something that you're you're not really, um, yeah, you know, comfortable with or, or yeah. interested in. You know, your your kid might want to be a YouTuber, and so yeah. they're out making <laughs> yeah, they're out making videos of trick shots mm-hmm. or whatever or video game. They're playing a video game and they're posting. They're it. on Twitch. Listen, mm-hmm. I understand you don't you may not get that or understand that, but just be encouraging. They're doing something. Right. They're, they're trying. And even if that's not going to be a lifelong career for them, they will remember that their dad said, "Hey, good job, man! I can't. I'm so proud of you that you, yeah. you're, you're putting yourself out there, that you're doing this, that you're creating these things. That's going to prepare them for what they will do for the rest of their life. And who yeah. knows? Maybe they'll be a famous YouTuber and make millions of dollars. Yeah, and you want to be on their good side when that happens. <laughs> but let's just be really encouraging and, yeah. and say things that that build them up. Like you said, not not untrue things, but, right. but true things that yeah. build them up. Don't focus on their, on their looks either, especially mm. with girls. Don't always mm. focus. Like you can that's say, good. Yeah, you can good. say you look pretty right. or your hair looks nice, but yeah, don't know, make it all about that because then they that. think it's all about that. Right. Yeah. Right. That's really, I, that's a huge thing, guys. Um, we'll talk more about girls yeah. later, but well, let's um, talk about uh, number seven. This yeah. is discipline. Discipline. We're yeah. not going to spend too much time on this. We could spend an entire Forever. podcast on this. But. Yeah. No, I think we're just going to kind of touch on this because we've already said we believe encouraging is is the most important thing. But there are times where you just straight up need to 
correct your kids. And uh, and this is very, very clear in the Bible. Um, God gives very specific mandates for parents. We must discipline our children. Mm-hmm. It's in, you know, pro- it's all over the place in Proverbs. Uh, Hebrews talks about it. And, you know, um, what yeah. what's... There- Let's yeah, give them these ahead. verses. Yeah. They yes, can look yes, up yes. Proverbs 3, uh, 11 and 12, Proverbs 23, 13 through 18, Proverbs 29, uh, 1, and then Hebrews 12, 1 through 11. And I will say this, Hebrews 12 is actually um, God's using how parents discipline their children as an example of how he disciplines yep. Christians. Yeah, You know, we adults are not um, immune to... To the discipline yeah. of God. If we're not walking with the Lord and we're a believer, He will discipline us. Yep. So when things don't go right in your life or you feel like you're being punished, maybe you are. Yeah. Maybe there's some kind of sin in your life that's unconfessed or you're not you're walking far from God. Mm-hmm. And so God says you He has to discipline you, like a father has to discipline his child. If you really care about your children, you will discipline them. If you don't care about them, then you'll just let them do whatever they want. That is 100% true because that's the whole motivation for discipline is loving your kids. Yes. Uh, God loves us and does not want us to stray away from life itself. And so he will correct us um, by whatever means necessary to bring us into uh, the life that he's given to us. Yeah, God doesn't give us parameters in life, biblical parameters, because he, he doesn't want us to have any fun. He right. wants us to have the maximum amount of fun in our lives, but, but according to his parameters, because his way is the best way. That's exactly right. You know, take for instance, you know, one of the biblical parameters in our life is to not, not, you know, to have purity in your, in your sexuality, Mm -hmm. wait till you get married, have, have be a virgin, have one partner for the rest of your life. He does that because he doesn't want you to suffer all of the pain and suffering that goes around around all of the other things with exactly. whether you have premarital sex or whether you um you know have an affair or mm-hmm. whatever there's just so much pain and yeah. God says if you'll just do it this way right. you can have maximum uh maximum abundant life, life. yep enjoyment this in this is me. the path to life and that applies to exactly. so many different areas of our life and so we must help our children understand that yep and there's, okay. there's really a, a process to this. The Bible kind of gives us, and a lot of people have drawn this out, is, you know, really quickly, we'll just go through. There's four quick things. The first, it kind of, it, it goes in process. You don't just jump to discipline, right? You first are instructing your kid. You need to give them the expectations. You second, you have to warn them. You don't want to just, you know, bam, immediately, you know, because... Let them know, give them the warning and say, listen, if you do this, you will receive this consequence exactly and always be ready to to have that yeah have that consequence. make the consequence realistic don't go crazy with your consequences because right. then you won't be able to actually mm-hmm. do it um you would admonish them yeah admonishment is a fancy bible word it just means a really stern um it's kind of like the next level of yeah, warning yeah I it's think. the next level and it's a really stern like when you have to talk to them and you have to say, listen, you, you've disappointed me. Yeah. You, you know, I've told you what to do and mm-hmm. you, you did not follow through with that. So now the next step is correction. Yes. What is the punishment that you need? And mm-hmm. so there's different levels. You know, um, I will say that you know, I, I do believe in spanking. I have spanked my kids. As they get older, um, that changes a little bit. And there's yeah. other things oh, that yeah. mean much more. For instance, with my teenage daughter, um, turning off her phone. Right. Is that's awesome. way worse. Yeah. That's like the best punishment ever. Just, I have an app on my phone. Turn you can off do her it. phone. That's amazing. And yep. so, you know, 
it's it's not necessarily about the type of punishment, but that right. they understand that there are consequences to their actions and their decisions. Yeah. There's a great resource, Shepherding a Child's Heart by yes. Ted Tripp, talks a lot about discipline and really focuses in on the heart because yes. discipline is ultimately not to get them to modify their behavior. Exactly. And that's a lot of how we treat discipline. Discipline is to get them to understand that we all make choices and we need to we want to make a a godly choice because we want to honor God. We want to honor our parents. We want to do these things as we follow the Lord, not because we're trying to not get punished. Yep. Do you that's, understand that I mean I'm, it's a I'm, hard I'm, distinction I'm, I think some people can't make. Yeah, no, but I, you're right. It is a hard distinction, but that's where we have to really, this actually comes to our next point. Um, but, but before we jump there, you're right. You cannot discipline simply to make your kid do what you want them to do. It's not about getting your way, right? It's about guiding and shepherding their heart toward God. And so that's the thing you got to really. And so our next thing is evaluation. Mm. You need to evaluate your fathering tactics um, you need to ask yourself, um, am I am I doing all these things well? Is the vision being carried out? How are we doing here? This takes a lot of humility, and I think the best way you can do this is talk to your wife. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. ask her to be honest and say, you know, what do you think about uh, me leading our family and yeah. how how I'm fathering and are there things that I can areas I can improve on? You yeah, know? I mean, this is this is this is really difficult. Most of us don't want to humble ourselves to yeah. do this, but it's needed. Humility is one of the defining factors of a mature believer. Yeah. And I know, you know, I can just, it, when somebody is, is prideful and does not want to submit, I can, I know their spiritual condition. I know that they're far from the yeah. Lord. Yeah. One of my favorite movies is the kingdom of heaven. And there's a line in it where the main character says, what man is a man that does not take what he has and try to make it better. Mm. And the thing is, if if you're not a man and you're not stewarding, you're not trying to, you you have to evaluate honestly the situation in your life because to be a man means to take what God's given you and steward it well for His glory and your joy. Yeah. And you have to know whether or not things are going well in order, to, you know, just make a change. You know what? Like, what do you want? Do you want to just be right all the time, or do you want a great life and a great family. Well, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, we've said this before, but if you, if you do not, um, want to hear correction, the Bible calls you a fool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Bible says you are foolish. Yeah. You are a fool. If yeah. you do not want to hear correction, if you do not listen to it and apply it to your life. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, we, this is something that's hard. We talked about this off the, you know, mic, how much we're trying to just apply these mm. things to ourselves. That's true. So, but that's yeah. the thing you got to make a correction. That's the ninth point here make a correction if once you've evaluated you know what's wrong fix it you know make a change and that requires humility too sometimes yeah. we sometimes you know sometimes you just have to act different yeah and you don't even say anything to anybody you know actions speak louder than right words. right you don't have to make a declaration we're gonna change everything right. yeah but then sometimes you do mm -hmm. sometimes if if it's you know if you're really off course you yeah. need to go to your family and say, hey family we're not doing this we need to change this let's let's reroute and mm -hmm. we're going to do these steps to get us back on yep. track. My family, know? I remember growing up, we've done that and, uh, and it was so good for us. So yeah, I mean, 
really consider that. Uh, the last point we need to talk about is uh, quickly just the fact that as a father, we are the protector and provider. We need to let our children know that I will never leave you. I will spend every last drop of my energy and love and life to take care of you. Yeah, I think that's huge. If our kids know that, they can grow up they can grow up strong knowing that they're they're sheltered, that they are they're confident that uh, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things, you know, we can't do this perfectly and and you know, sometimes when bad things happen to fathers, you know, when you lose a father or, or something like that happens, it can kind of shake mm-hmm. your world. But, but ultimately the point behind this is not that we're just an awesome guy. It's, it's, we are emulating our heavenly father, mm-hmm. our, our provider and our protector. And we are just, we're just trying to be like him. Yeah. It's the fact that we're, we're always there. They yeah. can always count on us no matter what we're going to come through. You know, there's this movie that I always think about for whatever reason, uh, Keanu Reeves has a baseball team mm. of young kids. Have you seen this movie? I don't think so. I can't even remember the name of it. But he, uh, in the movie, he gives this speech. He's like court ordered to do this baseball team oh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he gives this speech. He's amazed by their ability to show up. Mm. You know, just just every day for baseball practice for the games, they show up. And yeah. that's that's half the battle right there. As yeah. dads, if we would just commit to show up in our kids' lives mm. and just say, listen, I'm going to be there. No matter what, listen. Yeah, I know dads that had a teenage daughter uh, or teenage son. I don't know. I can't remember. And they literally told them, "I'm not going anywhere." Mm. You know, they, it, it, they had a hard time, a yeah. rocky time. They were they were fighting. Oh yes, and said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I think I know who you're talking I'm about. I'm going yes. to be there. Yeah. And I think even in the middle of a fight, that says something to your kids. Yeah. Well, you can't say any you, whatever you say to me, whatever yep. you try to hurt me, however you try to. Whatever you try to do, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a isn't that such a godly way to think about That's it? Because God does that too. Yep. How many times have we cried out angrily at God and yeah. said, Why are you doing this to me? God says, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. And as dads, our kids need to know that. Yep. I think that's huge. Our culture gets that too. I mean, even in popular movies, I think about like Hook, you talking about movies, and mm. I just thought about Hook and how the whole point, you know, it's this Peter Pan and Robin Williams playing Peter Pan, and it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But the whole thing in the movie, what you're seeing is him going from fatherhood. this disconnected dad mm. to this incredibly connected and engaged dad, this dad who's going to fight for his children. Like that's the whole point of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see that everyone, everyone wants this because Mm -hmm. we all crave God. That's right. And so, so anyway, let's talk some more about these specifics. Okay. And Brian, you're going to have to lead out on this one. Raising girls. Yeah. Raising girls. Fun stuff. I will tell you, there's a really good book that I read uh, a few years ago called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters Mm. by Dr. Meg Meeker. And this just really talks about um, to raise strong women that will love the Lord. They need a strong father in their life. Mm, I mean, of course, we we need strong mothers too. But she's speaking specifically uh, about strong dads. You know, she, she's a clinical, um, pediatrician Mm -hmm. and she noticed different things about these girls that would come into her office. And one of the common factors in the girl's well being and overall health was the dad. If the dad was engaged and, and a part of their life, that's crazy. Yeah. It's really nuts. And so I think that we really need to understand that how, how important of a role dads play Mm. 
in their daughter's life. Yeah. And so what we're striving for is, you know, we can, we can look, we have a target, we have a goal and that's Proverbs 31. Yes. Those are the type of girls. That's the model wife yeah. that we, that we're trying to build these things into. So yeah, if they're yeah. a mature believer, that's, that's what it looks and, like. And guys need to know there's a lot of times, uh, I think you were talking about this in our notes. Like a lot of times guys think, Oh, Proverbs 31, that's for my, my wife to talk to my daughter about or something like that. No, no. Like, we as men need to know this so that we can help uh, our daughters grow to be this type of woman. Yeah, and can I say something? If you read Proverbs 31, the woman is strong. Yes. She works hard. She is dignified. She is respected. She is wise, and she fears the Lord. Those are the markers that we see in Proverbs 31, and she is a blessing to her whole entire family, her mm. husband, her children, the people she works with. Because this, because yeah. th these are the things that she yeah. emulates. They and rise up and call her blessed. I mean, what woman doesn't want that in her life, you know? Right, right. So, so this is the type of, of woman that we're trying to raise. This is what we're shooting for. And I really think that we can see these things. So I got four things mm -hmm. that come out of this book and, and some of my own experience. So the first thing is to love her relentlessly. Mm. And we kind of hit on this uh, already, but we really need to have a relentless love for your daughter. And I think the biggest thing with dads, um, girls will try to push you away. Mm. And once again, you have to say, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And really you can't take things personally. Yeah. Okay. One of the biggest mistakes parents make is they take things personally. When your kid says something harmful or hurtful or do, does something, um, we cannot take that person. We have to understand they have a sin nature. Yeah. They're growing. They're maturing. They say a lot of things they don't mean. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things that yeah. they really, don't we at all? their heart of hearts, <laughs> yeah. don't mean. Yeah. And so the best approach is just not to take the, that personally, but to love them in spite of the things that they do or say. Don't get hurt. Don't get personally hurt by what they say and do yeah Ri that, rise above really that does that make sense no I, that's really good and i as i think about you know i think about my wife growing up with uh she had you know it was just two girls in the house and her father her, my father-in-law her dad <clears throat> really strong dad i have a great relationship with him and uh and i see that i see that playing out from what i've heard about their history and, and you're right he, you know you just can't let them push you away you can't take things personally but you know one thing else i think uh you're probably going to get at is is how you have to take interest in the things that she likes cuz you're a dude and she's a girl and sometimes those things don't go together but but uh you know you can't you can't just ignore the things that she enjoys, but you also can't think she won't want to have anything to do with what right. you like. And vice too. versa. You know, if you're changing the oil, yeah. invite her to, to help you with that. Teach her how to change a tire, you know, play basketball together. I mean, there's all these kind of things. It's, it works both ways. I have a friend, her dad always took her to dirt track races. Right. She really got into it. She yeah. loved it. Yeah. I mean, they have a great relationship, yeah. but the biggest thing is to pay attention. You know, girls do like to talk when they, want to talk yes okay <laughs> so if you get a moment i mean be a good listener pay attention yeah. to them talk to them and and you know if if as they get older as teenagers and you ask them hey how's it going oh fine mm -hmm. don't take that personally just say okay yeah you know move on now wait if they for get, the open window wait for the window yeah and if they get to a point where they just want to talk then then put whatever you're doing down you're and doing listen and listen yeah, yeah that's good the second thing is to be her hero, be someone that she can look up to. I mean, you just naturally men are bigger, 
uh, we're smarter than our kids just mm-hmm. from life experience. We're, we're stronger. And so as we, as we get older, girls especially will try to push us away. And they're really asking the question, am I worth the fight? Mm. A lot of their self-worth will be tied up in how we respond to that question. So once again, that's good. We don't give up. We don't, you know, we're going to be there in their life no matter what. And, um, we have to be strong enough to, to handle that and to know we're going to fight for them and we're going to be the hero she needs and deserves. And I want to, yeah. I want to be someone that can be looked up to and, uh, be that strong individual in her life. One of the things I never really understood, uh, was how like women do get cat called all the time. You mm-hmm. know, that happens and, and men, you know, people, people mistreat, um, you know, other people and it's, it happens to ladies. And I think one of the things that's really good is, is being that father that's going to help your daughter know that like, she doesn't have to be afraid when she walks out with you. She don't have to be afraid just going to the grocery store when she's with her daddy. Mm-hmm. She don't have to be afraid of anything because her daddy's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a big deal. That helps her, and that will help her see, like you were talking about, what kind of husband am I looking for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So the third thing is teacher humility and self-sacrifice. You know, these are so important. Um, humility, um, man, once again, <laughs> that's it, not normal in our world. It is the right defining now. feature of a mature believer. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people say humility is equated with weakness, but scripture says it's a virtue. Yeah. And humility doesn't mean that you're not strong. It doesn't mean that you can't do something. You think about Jesus, the most humble man ever. When he needed to, he made a whip and he overturned some tables yeah. and nobody stood against him at that point. Yeah. Because he was fierce. Mm hmm. Um, he didn't do that all the time. Most of the time he was very humble and he only, it only reared up when he needed Mm -hmm. to make a point when he needed to to have that happen. And so we've got to teach our daughters what humility is. We got to model it. And that doesn't mean that we're hot, we're hot heads that Mm -hmm. we go off, that we get angry all the time. Uh, that means that we know sometimes, sometimes we're going to get slapped in the face and we got to turn the other cheek and let them, and that's not weakness, right? That's humility. Yeah. Being able to take it, yeah. The fourth thing you have here is uh, teach her to fight. So we have this... So Taekwondo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not necessarily UFC. a bad thing. No, I know. But, uh, but what you're talking about here is just this idea of of being able to take on the challenge, right? Is that kind of where mm-hmm. we're going with this? Yeah. Um, being able to, to, to stand up against the pressures of of society the way Jesus did. That's where that humility is. But Jesus never, here's the thing, Jesus was humble, but he never backed down. And so he was strong enough to fight the battles without doing it in this um, arrogant, you know, ridiculous sort of way. Here's the thing that we need to strive for. And and listen, if you have a daughter who is a strong-willed individual, be thankful for that. Mm. It is is difficult when when they're little and as they grow, But it is a blessing as they get older because, uh, and, and here's the thing as a parent, you you don't want to break their spirit. Mm. You want you want to correct them and mold them and shape them without breaking that spirit. Yeah. Okay. Because that spirit, that strong will will carry them far in mm. life and they will not be someone who will succumb to peer pressure easily. Yeah. You know, they will be able to stand up to their friends if their friends are, are, 
yeah pressuring you you don't want a daughter who's easily swayed for many many reasons guys like think about that do you want a daughter who is easily swayed by somebody like a guy or their friends who are dressing like crazy people out there i mean no, you want a daughter who is strong enough to stand, right. and you just want to guide her to to the Lord and His Word right. and those things. Right. And and if you do these things, ultimately she won't go into the world trying to look for these things like love and attention and and yeah. all these things. That's a lot of what what daughters are doing. Yeah. They're looking for these types of things, and if they find that 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 love and acceptance in their dads, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they won't go look for it in a boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, they'll know that what the expectation is and they know what a godly man looks really like looks and like. they'll they'll want that in their lives. Yeah. Not all great. the time, but but a lot of times. So let's talk about boys. Yeah. So raising boys. Um, I feel like I can talk a little bit more about this, but you still, you know, have the experience on me, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm catching up. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few things here. Masculinity is not a thing. I remember uh in our culture, that is, uh I remember watching an ad. I was in uh, the doctor's office with my son and I jokingly saw this ad and it was is very just anti-masculinity and I looked at my son jokingly he's like one years old and I was like see son you're growing up in a world where you're not allowed to be a man <laughs> and uh and that's that's true and so I I have to actually help my son be a man when uh when he's told not to be well and I think and I think the idea of masculinity gets tainted by sin do you yes, know what I'm saying 100%. and so and so we're not talking about masculine guy who who takes advantage of women right. or, you know, drinks a lot or, you know, we're talking about the toxic masculinity. We're talking about biblical masculinity. Yeah, yeah. We're, talking we're talking about, about a guy real manhood here. like Jesus that, yes. that is strong and able to stand and who is a man who understands what God has called him to do and why he's different than women. That's 100% That's the right. type of masculinity that we need. Yes. Yes. Um, that, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. So there's, there's a lot of great information, uh, you know, all over the place, but, uh, you know, we're trying to raise our kids, our, our sons to be, to be like first Corinthians six thirteen. be watchful, mm-hmm. stand firm in the faith and act like men, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. That's the goal. So there are some, there's five things here that we can talk about. The first is to love him relentlessly, right? That's the same for girls. The same, it's the same for boys. Guys need to hear from their dads. I love you, son. You know, that's one of the things I've heard from men who who have had just issues with their father. They'll they'll almost inevitably say, invariably say, my dad never said I love you. Or if he did, it was so seldom that I, I remember every time he said it. Um, and that that is something that we need to correct. We need to say, I love you. And, uh, and we can't be cold fathers, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying you like are just this super emotional guy all the time. That's not well, what I'm one, talking about at one all. One of the things as you get, as boys get older, um, you know, you get less affectionate with, well, just as children get older, you get less affectionate. Right. And I really think that we need to continue to make sure that we, we hug them. Yes. You know, that we, that we give them, uh, you know, high fives or nucks or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. just to have that physical touch that they know, even as they get older, your son's a teenager. Man, I still love you. Give him a big yep. bear hug. Yes. You know, and, and wrestle sure. with them. I mean, you do that kind of stuff. That's that's I, loving. Them. I really think that's important. Um, you know, it's not doesn't have to be this mushy emotional thing, but but we need to find we need to find how they yeah. understand love. You know, because everyone 
uh, accepts and wants to be loved a little bit differently, like the love languages yeah. kind of thing. What is it that they value? And then show them that love in that way. A great example, you know, my dad, my dad's a Marine, like we grew up, you know, so there's that, but like great example. And Brian, you can attest to this. Uh, we punch each other. <laughs> like that's what we do. And and that's one of the ways that we actually show this love for each other. That's like, okay, you better get ready. I'm about to punch you. And all, all that's of funny. us, all, even my sister, we do. I mean, everyone. And, and it's our, it's our love language. And, and that sounds silly. Punching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It sounds silly. It sounds crazy, but, but, uh, but it's there. Yeah. And, and we know that we're good and that we love each other. If we right. come up and we're like, you know, we, we kind of right. go at each other. Yeah. So yeah. that's that, you know, figure it out for you and your family, but make sure that's there. Right. So number two, model a healthy respect for authority. I would mm. tell you, this is way out of step with modern culture, yeah. <laughs> but listen, authority is a biblical perspective. There's, there's God's authority. Yeah. There's authority in the family. There's authority in the government. There's authority. I mean, authority is just a part of life. You know, we have teachers, we have police officers, you know, we have people that are in authority and this is a biblical view, right? So we need to teach our, our sons, especially what is looked to have a healthy respect for authority. Yes. It, it's so important. And it's not just like theoretically a good thing. You know, the Bible says that a stiff neck person, if they will not turn their neck, will quickly be broken. Yeah. You know, there's going to come a point in time where you step on the wrong toes or you say the wrong thing to the wrong person and they're not going to take it. And so if you're just, you know, blatantly disrespectful to authority, I mean, there's, there's people out there in authority positions that, uh, you're not going to get away with that. Mm -hmm. And so you, you don't want that for your children. They, they will, uh, suffer for this. And so it's realistically just wise. Yeah. If your children uh, disrespect you, your wife, uh, other family members, other people in authority, you need to correct that yeah. immediately. You know, one of the things that I will not let my children do is disrespect my wife. Yes. Oh, and yeah. They know that that will go from zero to that will take yeah, me that's... from zero to a hundred quicker than anything else. Yeah. And so we, that's happened a couple of times, but um, it happens. It's it's, it's rare. rare. It's yeah. rare now because they know that that's one of the things that will really set me off. So mm -hmm. we we talk about we have authority. You know, yeah. when there's um, listen, I know police officers are get a bad rap. Listen, there are so many good police officers. Yeah. I know their personal friends. They mm -hmm. are good guys. Yeah, good family men. You know, so we want to teach them those police officers are there to help protect us. Yeah. We love them. We support them. We respect them. And they're our friends. Yes. They're, they're our neighbors. They're in our community. That's right. So I think that's important. Yes. And we don't let the the one or two, quote, bad cops or whatever mm -hmm. out there ruin all of our right. all of our view. Do we do that with teachers? Right, exactly. There are bad teachers out there. There are guys, bad teachers, just so you but know. most yeah. teachers are good are teachers. Great. Exactly. Are there are there bad pastors out yes. there? Yes. Yes. Most pastors are good pastors, but there's a few. We can't let the few taint the yes. respect we have for the many. Yeah, that's right. We need to just uphold authority and and expect them to be what they're supposed to be. And mm -hmm. the way you do that is by modeling this healthy respect. Yeah. So what's number three? Is to show how to take responsibility for your actions he needs to know Ooh. how to take responsibility for his actions because if you're this is guys this is like the quintessential thing for being a man is to be the one who knows god has given me responsibility and i need to steward it we we the 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 default thing in our spirit is to 
blame someone else, yeah. to pass the buck, give, you know, to, to just literally find someone else to blame. Being a man, being a godly man says, nope, the buck stops here. Yep. Do you know what that's from, by the way? That was the president. He had the... No. I think it was Eisenhower. Maybe he had a... Oh, yes. A yeah, plaque yeah, yeah. made up that said, the buck, the buck stops, stops here. here. He's not going to pass the blame. Yeah. He's, it's right there. He's going to mm-hmm. take responsibility, good, bad, or whatever. He's going to take responsibility. There's a great book called Extreme Ownership. It was written by a Navy SEAL. It's not a Christian book, uh, so there's some things in it. It's written by a Navy SEAL. (laughs) But he says, you know, one of the things you have to do as a man, as a leader, is to own your decisions. And even if there's somebody under your command who messed it up, it really comes down to you because you're the one responsible for that person. That's right. And so, so that was a great book, uh, a great resource. And that's, that's the principle we're talking about here. You know, like if your son, if you, if you have an, maybe a son who has younger siblings, right. And they want to blame their little siblings all the time, teaching them, Hey, you're the older sibling here. Like, what kind of example are you setting here? You know, it's not that you blame them for everything that everyone else does, but you do help them see that they have a role to play. Yeah. Well, it's like, even if your little brother comes up and hits you, you don't, you don't hit him back and you don't, you know, knock his block off (laughs) because you're older, you can hurt him. You know, you need to find a different way to solve that solution. But yeah, but that kind of leads into number four, which says to teach him how to fail and never give up, Mm -hmm. you know, in our culture today. Uh, failure is another thing that um, is looked down upon. But I really think failure is valuable. You know, a lot of times we want everyone to succeed, we want no one to fail, no one to lose. You know, this is why I do love sports. And I'm not not saying that we need to, uh, you know, we need to be careful with this. We don't need to go crazy with sports in in pursuit of um, sports glory. We, there's a lot of spiritual things that take a hit, but I do like sports because it does teach children how to lose Yeah, and losing is good because it, it it helps you understand that you, number one, you can't win all the time. You can't be good at everything. And it helps you to, if, if you can overcome that, then you can say, okay, what do I need to do next time? Yeah. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying so that next time I win. Yeah. That, you know, Bible says uh, a righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up, but rises again. So that's the thing, you know, in Christ, uh, he makes it possible for us to stand back up when we failed. And so fathers, you got to remember with your sons, they are going to be dumb, like, because they're a dude, you know, like they're going to make poor decisions sometimes. And so if you're overbearing and just like, I can't believe you, blah, 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 like, Granted, yes, you hold them to these expectations and standards, but you have to do that with grace and understanding um, and teaching right. them how to rise through their failure. That's right. Um, so it's really important that we do that. Never give up. Keep moving on. There's Jesus is always there to keep you moving forward. And so finally, the thing about this, the fifth point is you have to teach him humility and self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this with the girls. It's very important for all human beings to get this. But I think for, for men, the type of men we want to raise are not um, men who are just self-centered, arrogant men who get all these other things right but fail in the area of humility. One of the things I love about the manliest men I know, some of the men who who I'm talking about men who are, I mean, they are military mighty men they have taken lives in combat we're talking about serious dudes 
the thing I love about them the most is you would never know it. Yeah, yeah. A real man, so humble. a real man doesn't have to prove his manliness. Exactly. You know, we make fun of we talk about going to the gym and you see the guys that are hulking around the gym and they're like all big and bad. Those are not the strongest dudes in the gym. The right. strongest dudes in the gym are the guys that go in, they take care of business and and really they're just there to to do their thing. Yep. And you really wouldn't know it unless you're sitting there watching them as they mm-hmm. put put weight on the bar, but they're not there to show off. They're there to do the work. Yes. And that's what happens in life. We need to let our children, let our sons know that we need to um, not be concerned about, about strutting or letting everybody mm-hmm. know how great we are. If we honor the Lord, we, yeah. we work hard, we do all the things, live in humility God will honor that, yep. and and we yeah. The Bible says don't don't put yourself in a in a, a high position and then have the king tell you to get down. Instead, put yourself in a lower position, and so if the king wants, he can call you up. It's so much better for that to happen, and and God really does do that yep. in our lives. So, um, so that's kind of how you raise girls, raise boys. Uh, but Those are Brian, just some key things. Yeah, there's obviously a lot. More yeah, there's way more, but <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to know. <laughs> um, but no. No, no. Uh, the the problem with all of this is you could get all of this right, but they might go astray. Yeah, you know we've I've seen this as a youth pastor uh, so many times. Christian parents raise kids in a Christian home. You know, um, there might even be uh, children that that get it, mm-hmm. that live for the Lord, and then there's others that don't. Yeah, and it, it's really hard. And you know. They they want to live their the, the hard way, you yeah. know. They, they they cannot, for whatever reason, they have to live that out their own way, and it just makes it really, really, really difficult. So they go astray. And, and first of all, if you have to remember that if you raise them, you pour into them, and ultimately they make their own decisions. Right. When they become older teenagers, when they become young adults, um, they're making decisions that alter their entire life. And you can try, and you can you can give them tough love, and you can give them boundaries and you can give them grace, but if nothing works, then you've really got to just give them over to the Lord. You've yeah. got to pray. You can fast. You can, you can, I mean, that's, that's really all you can do at that point yeah. is just pray and, and try to speak into their life when they'll let you. Yep. But I will say this, don't enable them. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. don't, don't be an enabler that will allows them to continue in sin, at least not in, in your home with right. your money, you know, those types of things. Yeah. That's one of the things I've seen a lot is just this enabling thing. And that's the thing, parents, you have to understand that enabling somebody to live in sin is not loving. That is actually, you are contributing to their long-term pain. So, so try hard not to, I know that's really hard. I know I, I've, I'm, yeah, so it's hard. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is where throughout your entire parenting life, from the time they're born to the time you die, you have to trust God with your children. Mm-hmm. You have to entrust your children over to the Lord because, first of all, you can't, like, he's already in control. He's God, but he is sovereign. You know, I I, I really think that, God can take, you know, the Bible says that what man meant for evil, God used for good. And so, so we need to trust our children over to the Lord because if our children mess up in huge ways, yes, that can cause a lot of pain and problems for a long time in their lives. But at the end of the day, 
God can still use that for his good, for his glory, and even for, for their joy if they will turn back to him. That's right. And so we have to just trust God. And that's why praying is so important. You got to pray, 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 and, and pray for another influence in their life. Yes. You know, sometimes the kids, uh, young adults, they'll shut you out. They don't want to hear from you. But pray that God would bring someone else into their life at a job or just in life that could help speak truth into their life. You Amen. know, I mean, ultimately, who cares if you're the one that speaks yeah. truth in their life or if it's somebody else? Truth, you know, you just biblical want truth good. is biblical truth. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so they, I've seen it happen where kids return to the Lord. Yeah. And it's it's a miracle. It's a prodigal son type returning, and you need to treat it as such. You yeah. know, if they're taking steps to repent and restore those relationships, um, don't hold a grudge. No. Let it go. Yeah. Do not hold on to it. Let it go and be like the, the father and the prodigal son. Mm. Accept them, love them. Uh, lavish them with with yeah. grace and mercy. Because that 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 father and the prodigal son parable uh, that Jesus tells is really uh, representing God mm. in that story. And so we are, you know, all of us are trying to be more like Christ. And so as we are trying to live these principles out, I mean, you see it, you know how to act because it's in the Bible. Right. And so all we need to do is do our best and then trust everything to the Lord. And for you personally, find other adults that have gone through these types that's of things. Huge. Yeah, that's get, a good Get point. encouragement from them. Um, you know, there's been support groups that, that have been started. Uh, you know, find some pastoral counseling, you know, find some help because... Um, the worst thing you can do is just do it alone. internalize everything yeah. and feel like you're doing this all alone. Yeah. No, you're not alone. So, so we hope that this is helpful. You know, ultimately God's grace will carry you through. All we need to do as dads is, uh, is just rely on God daily mm -hmm. and then, and then do our best. Yeah. Listen, we only get one shot in raising our children mm -hmm. and the best thing, the best bang for our buck is to, uh, Trust the Lord. Yeah. Keep trusting God. We're going to make mistakes. We're not going to do it perfectly. But if we trust the Lord and keep pointing our kids towards Jesus, yes, then then I, I just believe in faith that it's going to be okay. I fully agree. So we hope that you have uh, been encouraged by this. Maybe you have some some good takeaways. And uh, we we are we're here for you. We're praying for your families. And uh, you yeah. know. So, so next week, we're going to talk about the spiritual man. We're going to get into personal spiritual lives, yes. and we're going to talk about being what it means to, to serve in the church and things like that. So yep. we're getting close to the end of this series. I'm, yep. uh, it's been good stuff, Brian. I, I appreciate your, your input and everything. Well, likewise, this has been a really good for me. I, I know I'm, I'm growing a lot um, just by doing this series. It's you challenging know. us. Yeah. Um, you know, they say you learn more when you teach. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about this. Those and... that can't do teach. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope that doesn't apply here. I know, I know. Um, but, but you know, we're, we're growing and uh, we're always growing. So let's just keep growing together. That's we right. thank you for listening and we will see, see you, you next, next time. time. So I tried to do a couple of things in this. Um, I, uh, I, if you need me to not talk right now, just tell me. I don't know no, what, go what ahead. you're focusing on. So, no. Um, <clears throat> I, I, 
I need you to, I need, what you're saying right now. No, seriously. I don't I need you to not talk. <laughs> you know, I walk into an office and just start talking to somebody and they're like, you know, counting or you're going like this. Adding. I need you to you go like this. this. What's that? I from? wanted you to talk. I can't remember what that's from, but I was about to. No, I think it's from guys. master of disguise. Have you seen that? Yes. Tur- that terrible oh, yes. movie. Yes, 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 yes. Turtle, yes. turtle, I'm turtling. This is what you're doing. Oh, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. <laughs>